0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Kiseki Cast. This is our first episode talking about Zero No Kiseki. I'm here with my co-host Josh. Hi, I'm Beth. We just graduated from the Detective School and we've joined the special support section. We're here with the newest recruit for this from the street gang, the testaments, Lady Virgilia.
1: Uh-huh. Woot! I'm here to wreck Wreck you guys up! Yeah, I'm such a delinquent! Okay, no, I'm actually not like that at all. I tried. But hi, guys, I'm Lady. Thank you for having me on, uh, Tyler and Josh. I'm excited to talk about Crossbow with you guys.
0: Yeah, you want to give us just a short little uh, spiel <laughs> about who you are and where you're from?
1: Um, sure, thanks. Um, I do mostly YouTube content, scripted content. Uh, my biggest things I've done for the Trail series is story summaries of um, the Sky Arc and Crossbow Arc, which is almost finished. Um, I uh, I have done Sky SC, Sky Third, Zero no Kisuki, and Oh, no Kisuki and the fine the finale the final video of that will hopefully be out. I'm shooting for November first, no later than that. Um, and other than that, I uh, stream on Twitch about two to three days a week. Cold Steel Three, so that's my main uh, trail stuff I do.
0: Those videos are so good.
1: Thank you. <laughs> I do. I have so much fun making them, and so I'm glad it's like a helpful resource.
0: Okay, so. How, uh, you know, Zero no Kiseki is one of those games that actually hasn't been localized officially, so it's uh, sometimes a little bit difficult to be able to play, but um, what did you play on?
1: I played on PC, so, oh, but it was kind of sucks because my PlayStation controllers don't work with the PC version oh. for some reason. I couldn't get them to work, so I had to play with keyboard and mouse the whole game. Oh! <laughs> <laughs>
0: And Josh, uh, at risk of uh, penalty under law, Um, but we're the special support section, we're the police, so we can give ourselves immunity, (laughs) right? What did you play on?
2: I played on a quote-unquote PSP. I played a PSP version. Yeah, I I played um... PSP as well. (laughs) Oh boy, wow.
0: So how long did it take you guys to play? Uh, to, like, complete oh, the game. I don't
2: even remember how long it took for me. I, I'd i say it's probably around 40 hours, maybe.
0: Okay. Yeah, it, it took me about 45, probably. Um, but, uh, Lady, how long did it take you?
1: Wow, what am I doing? It took me 80 hours. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I
2: did use a guide for, like, the side quest because I couldn't understand, like...
0: Yeah, some of the side quests are really hard to 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 mm. grasp what's going on. For sure. And I actually had problems with mine. Like if I tried to open up um the recipe book, it would just freeze. So oh yeah, I heard about that. Oh, the entire yeah. time that I played, I, like that. I just couldn't cook any food.
1: Mm. I mean, same. Like I for me, it was just like a lot of the ingredient names and stuff wasn't lining up. Oh. Sometimes like guide and stuff where, like I, I wasn't really understanding like because you know how uh, some of the stuff um because it, it was kind of like a lot rougher than owl was even with the edit mm-hmm. so it's like um a lot of the things that weren't super necessary like the main script and things they had all those different um you know like symbols or character. stuff in there yeah, yeah that it's like I'm not sure what this even is so right. I, I don't know. Yeah, so it's like it was it was, it was just weird to me, even though I know the game tells you like, oh, you have enough and then it lets you cook. It was just it felt kind of strange. So I'm just it, I just won't cook that much in this game.
2: Right. I and didn't have
1: a problem with that
2: because I never cook in Trails game until <laughs> cold Steel three.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we, we should probably say because uh as of right now, the uh the Geofront edit which is the fan translation that went through and really tried to give it the same love that uh the um professional localizations gave the different trails games that one isn't out yet it's in like the final stages of its editing so if anyone
2: has this recording so
0: far right so mm-hmm. if anyone's coming back to to play it or to listen to this episode and be like what are you talking about the translation's fantastic well, we, we were playing the, uh,
2: n- basically, the uh, yeah, the unedited That's what the, they say, anyway.
0: The basically unedited, the unedited
2: one.
1: Oh, shoot, you guys are playing the unedited one, too? Because I, I at least played the, um, the flame edit, right? Flame edit, like, both of them? Or was it only out that had the flame edit?
0: Uh, it might just oh. be out. I'm not, not really true. sure. Uh, I know um, that is... Because in Zero, most of the time, it actually looks like it says Lazy Hemisphere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lazy. <laughs> I mean, it's fitting, though. Right. Actually. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, also to add on to that, too. So if you're looking to play uh, the crossbow arc um, or, you know, like Zero, Zero no Kisuki, Trails from Zero, um, you know, after your CS3 playthrough and stuff, um, I highly, highly recommend you just wait for all the testing to be done or trails from 0. Yeah. The GeoFront version. That's pretty pretty dang close like as as close as we'll ever get to an officially localized English version of that game.
0: I hope you're wrong though. I hope that there will be an officially localized one.
1: True. <laughs> Me too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the the game starts out though in like a in media res type thing where it's like a flash forward and I got to ask you guys how how do you like that in like in games and in media? Because a lot of times it can feel like it's like almost a spoiler because it starts you so far into the story and you don't really necessarily know much of what's going on. But you know, some people really like that type of start, and some people don't. So how did you uh, how did you like that when it started out like that?
2: Didn't really mind it. I mean, I played Ghost of one first, so it was uh, like the, okay. it was almost like the introduction like the prologue to go to one so mm-hmm. yeah i didn't really mind it
1: um i personally think like i think it can be a big draw considering the fact that you know trails games whenever there's a new arc the first game of it is very like it's a slow to start up kind of like you're just getting to know the characters and their, the setting so um compared to other games it's it can seem like this is taking like way, way, way long to like start. Um, I, I personally am someone who likes that kind of like slice of life kind, life kind of thing. But okay. I, I'm yeah. <laughs> like CS One Zero was like fun for me, but I can totally yeah. understand that. I think I, you know, I'm not sure if this is true, but I think like starting off that way where you're like, dang, like stuff goes down, you know, or, or stuff is is going down. And um, yeah, it gives you that impression of, okay, things will pick up, you know, sooner or later. So it's probably like a more of an incentive to keep going, even if, you know, you're starting to think like this is taking kind of long. Yeah, that's a good
0: point. Yeah. I'm not sure I had an opinion one way or the other. I know. I just know that that's uh, something that sometimes people like and sometimes people uh, don't like.
2: I was about to say um, that flash forward, or whatever, is pretty huge. Yeah. A plot point. In the game. Yeah,
0: it definitely um, is. Just look
2: at that.
1: Yes, it's it's like a major plot point in the crossball arc.
0: Which is funny, because I think For that sure. no one ever thought anything of it until that
2: moment in Owl. <laughs> I know, I did. I didn't see that one coming at all.
1: That's really cool. Um, I I think I might have been ruined by some other, like... Japanese media I've, I've consumed in the past but I have played a couple of visual novels that sort of do really wonky stuff with I'm not you know like we can't wait never mind. we can talk about spoilers right
0: yeah yeah this is we, definitely we totally
1: said that right definitely okay. not a spoiler-free no.
0: podcast
1: um so like when it comes to time shenanigans like <laughs> resetting timelines and like parrot you know, Maybe not parallel timelines in like Trails case, but just resetting the time and that and stuff. Um, I feel like I was sort of suspecting it because after um, Estelle, you know how like Estelle and Joshua are there with them, like the net, like the the actual when we actually encounter that part in the game. Yeah, and um, that's a huge part to you know that's why Ren came and saved them because right. otherwise they would have been, you know, just destroyed, there, Toast. died there. So it's like, um, I think, I can understand why some people would think up that Falcom just hid that, because they they didn't want um, Estelle and Joshua to, you know, people people to be spoiled that they're coming. Like, it could be a really big, like, um, twist and surprise, you know, that, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, they joined my party, and we can use them, you know? But to me, when I, when, like, I was thinking, I was thinking of, like, first of all, this is just kind of strange, you know, this is kind of strange. So I was thinking in my head, like, hmm, I I wonder, like, why uh, they showed this so early and this specific scene, you know, out of anything they could have shown. Because they could have shown the hospital, too. That was pretty big, too. Mm -hmm. The, like, whole hostage situation you're like dude an entire hospital is completely dark that's really bad (laughs) you know that means that the electricity isn't on and like dude people need electricity for like their you know treatment and stuff uh their their machines to run so um the fact that they showed that and then estelle and joshua showed up in that same area i was that was when it hit me and i was thinking like oh my goodness this might be one of those time things that i think some forms of Japanese media like to use a lot.
0: So what you're saying is you're like a genius.
1: <laughs> no, I just, I just, I just consume too much media. Ah, guys, okay.
0: Cause see, when, when it came to that part of the game, I was just like, well, these are the four main characters. These are the ones that they expect you to have in your party. So of course they're going to show them.
1: Mm, yeah. See, I can, I can totally understand that too. You know, like I think I just, I really like time wonky stuff in general in stories. So I've in particular to anyone who uh, is listening and knows Higurashi and Umineko specifically.
2: Oh my god! I, I game 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 too, but... so many.
1: Oh my god! I got Steinscape on
2: the PS4. Steinscape Elite. I'm so looking forward to play the <laughs> console <Cold Steel> three. <laughs>
1: nice. Well, there you go. You have your games lined up, Josh.
2: But yeah, going back, um, I didn't think that they show Estelle and Joshua on the because i thought they'd just be like um well they kind of hid it uh, going back to me playing cool to one if you notice the prologue they didn't show crow and Milliam on gorilla fortress so i just thought uh, maybe they just hit them oh
1: yeah that's true yeah i can see oh wait did you josh did you also start from cold Steel? oh i think you said that huh in the yeah. sky podcast
0: yeah, I think the last one that Josh played was, um, Ow, before Cold Steel 3. Okay,
1: yeah, thanks.
0: Uh, so, anyway, moving on from from that, I, I actually, th- so, I know I've said before that I was pretty new to RPGs in general when I came into Trails, so I didn't really have a ton of experience with the game mechanics, how they worked, and, and all that stuff, but one wow. thing that was kind of weird to me was how you get a full party from the beginning.
2: Oh, I, yeah, I like that, to be honest. It's a mm. fresh, like, it's kind of like, I didn't actually like how we're stuck with Estelle and Joshua for, as the main party on Sky FC, so having a whole party of four members already was kind of nice. You
0: didn't like that rotating, uh, like, third spot?
2: No, I just wanted to invest on a main party okay. a lot, but, like, it's kind of yeah. hard to play, like, Trails with just two party members.
0: I was actually... Yeah. I felt, like, kind of overwhelmed when when I started. And that's that's someone new to RPGs, you know. But I felt a little bit overwhelmed because uh, normally when I would play a game, you'd start out with one character, maybe two, or you get that second character really early on. And I was able to, like, learn the character a little bit, but instead you were just given four all at once. And I was like, oh, there's too many people.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. I, I could kind of see that point, you know, like, um, I kind of like both for different reasons, like, like the way Sky FC introduced people and yeah, and you have that rotating third part third member. But I also like, as you said, um, or well, maybe not Tyler, but like, Josh like the you know, you get you have like, you know, your full party because I do think when it came to difficulty for some games, too, like Sky FC, it definitely took a lot more, like, real management. I think, like, you really had to think, like, focus a lot more on what actions you're taking uh, when it comes to battle, because there's only two of you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, if one does actually go down, you're like, well, shoot, I only have one, like, character up, left. and
2: There's only two of you. <laughs> Your crafts are one hit, you have no AoE arts, and you're fighting, like, five random monsters.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, five or six random monsters. So, like, um, I do like how Zero, when you start with four, I think it's a lot more leniency. Like, you feel as, you don't feel as, like, anxious, like, oh, man, if one does happen to go down, okay, well, three are still, you know, have a turn. And it's not yeah. just like, oh, monster turns now, and you're like, oh,
0: no. <laughs> yeah, I I did really like the combat coming into Zero, because I felt like it was, they took, like, I really liked the combat in Sky, and I feel like they kind of perfected it a little bit. Um, and it did, it probably was a little bit, you had four characters, so it was just maybe a little bit easier uh, from the start.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually did prefer how arts work on Sky and Zero, because there's so, it's like a variety of arts you can use. Like, if you have to use, like, a single-hit water type art, you can just click that instead in Cold Steel. In the Cold Steel series, you're just very limited.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, as as someone who kind of, like, I like having that customization option of kind of, like, thinking about, ooh, like, how can I get this arts to, you know, also and also have this arts in my list, too, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Like, how can I make sure I, I get the, you know, fire arts that I really like while still having space arts that I really like. And for me, I I just, I like sitting there like messing with courts.
0: Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, me
1: too. So um, in my opinion, I can understand why you know to ease people into trails and make it i don't know i think just more accessible that they would kind of change the court system up in cold steel one and two but i personally miss the whole like you have to think about your courts lines and because it also made it really feel like everyone's courts line is special because mm-hmm. they still keep that in cs1 and two but it doesn't really it doesn't matter yeah it, it doesn't just mean put as much you want as you know like, the some slots are still locked behind an element, but it doesn't feel like that whole, like, okay, this person is definitely, like, the skilled arts user versus, like, okay, this is my physical fighter because they're not going to mess around with trying to figure out how to put courts in their thing. Like, it just, to me, it characterizes them more because, like, I, I consider, okay, the people who like to just sit there and really think about their courts and stuff they're the ones who are going to have the nice lines. I know, I think in the lore, there's also that whole, it's tailored to who you are specifically, yeah. I think, but it's not... Yeah, it's based it's on aptitude. I think. Aptitude, okay, yeah. And so if it is, I feel like the quartz lines are even uh, pushed that tiny lore bit even more because then it, it makes me think of, okay, you know, our, our big physical fighters, they just like to, you know, think about how can I solve this, battle thing with like my sword or like you know my fist or something right so it's just like of course they don't they want more um quartz quartz lines that are just really simple to just what do I want I want a tap I want speed and that's all I want and you just put it in compared to yeah, yeah.
2: I think in part. Cold Seal like in the Cold Seal series they tailored the personality on their stats itself like you know Laura she has a freaking huge tap but if you like if you, like, mess around with her Quartz, I think. I mean, my cousin is playing Cold Steel 3 right now. She started in Cold Steel. She made Laura into an arts user, which was weird.
1: Oh. I guess
2: there's, there's that thing where you can customize your characters to do anything. But, I mean, I guess I like having a set role for a party member like Zero and Sky. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, talking about Laura, it's actually kind of weird because they a lot of her slots are locked to water. Fire and no she's got water I doesn't got water.
1: she yeah
0: mm-hmm. and and so like you can't it would make sense that you say your cousin was playing like that uh-huh. she would she might want to make her an arts user because you see that there's so many lines that are locked to water and you're like oh well i'll put like water healing quartz on her
2: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. kind of like yeah, if laura was on sky and zero she would be you know an arts user based on those like blocked elements
0: but, man, I loved being able to open up in Sky oh, and just see, like, like 50 arts coming up in the list. Like, ah, what yeah. am I going to pick from today?
1: That was so much fun, seeing all the different arts and, like, all the different, like, animations for them. Yeah, I definitely think there are a lot less just art spells in general mm-hmm. in the Cold Steel arc <laughs> than what you could but you could just get in, um, you know, the first two arts. I find it interesting, though, that you guys think that now that you bring it up, that you think like Laura's a, Laura would be an arts user if she was in Sky. I guess I could actually see it as, because, um, you know, I would always just stack like those HP quarts to make her even tankier, too. Mm hmm kind of thing instead of like you know putting the healing ones but now that you talk about the healing ones too i'm just like yeah she could be definitely a little bit of you know she's still to me she's still mostly like the physical fighter right but also like that healer that you need in a pinch
0: well i i might be a little bit biased because when i look at like a water line i just think of the healing stuff because like chloe was a healer and i'm so reliant on like I'm so biased to healers after my experience with Chrono Cross, uh, where I was like dying really bad, so I just gave everyone healing spells. Um and so that's like a carryover that I still like, all right, someone has to be a healer. I always gotta have a healer. So speaking of healing, I actually think it's um I, I didn't notice for a long time in Zero that they changed the uh the area healing spells to green.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they changed the wind. Mm-hmm. The wind cords. That was a that did make it kind of um, I had to really think about uh, what courts right I want to put in because mm-hmm. it's not it's not just a water line anymore or something you know it's just like ooh I have to think about both the water courts and the green courts
2: coming up from Sky we know that all the healing arts are water type and I was like when I saw Tio's um, orb been set setup I was like oh so Tio's going to be the healer. And then I saw that when um, opening the notebook that the spells of the AoE heals were, like, wind. I was like, oh, it's going to be Ellie, I suppose, because Ellie has all those locked wind cords.
0: I thought exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Until...
2: yeah. has the staff, and staffs, like, I, also, I associate staffs with saves with healing because of Fire Emblem. <laughs>
1: Mm, oh, yeah, okay. I I feel like I'm like that way too. Whenever I see staffs, I think of like, uh, yeah, the healer kind of people. Because in other RPG things, if they're like a magic nuke, they usually don't even hold anything. They, it's, just, it's usually like a book if they have something, or they just literally just cast spells with just like their arm or something <laughs> wave. So I always, yeah, I always think about like with as healers. So I, I was kinda of thinking the same along the same lines as you, Josh, until um, I saw Ellie's crafts too, and there were a ton of those healing ones. And I was like, Yep, I guess I guess she's gonna also be like the healer in a pinch uh, kind of person. I, kinda, <laughs> I find it
2: kinda of strange that the girl with the gun is a healer. <laughs> because you wouldn't really associate a gun with healing.
1: Yeah.
0: So speaking of weapons, uh, how did you guys like the different selection of weapons that the characters have? Because uh, I do not you guys have played a lot more RPGs than I have. And when I came into Zero and I saw someone with tonfas, I was like, what the heck is a tonfa?
2: Me too. I've never heard of a Tonfa before.
1: So I mean, same. I've, I've never heard of tonfas, but it made me... I, it made me think of like, you know, those ranger type characters or the, the ones that have like the daggers. But then I heard but then knowing that Lloyd is a officer, like, you know, part of the police, I'm like, oh, it makes sense that his wouldn't hurt people. You know, <laughs> like of course he's not gonna have ones with sharp edges. So, um I definitely, but it, that went, that was the first thought in my mind. The whole, like, uh, maybe the ranger class, if you guys are familiar with, like, those RPG kind of things. Or, like, you know.
0: I know Pokemon Ranger, but other than that.
1: <laughs> ranger. Yeah, that would totally make sense that um, you wouldn't be familiar, Tyler, with the whole, um. I've, I've played uh, mostly RPGs my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I do... I did, like, you know, a lot of the Nintendo kind of, like, platformers. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, Mario or, like, Yoshi Island kind of things. Um, But other than that, I was very much more of, like, all kinds of RPGs. Both um, Japanese, mostly Japanese, um, but also some Western ones.
0: Well, you want to play some Mario Kart 64, you let me know.
1: Yes! Oh, also Mario Kart. Okay, I spent so many hours on the GameCube one. For Mario Kart, mm-hmm. that when all whenever those maps come back in like the the you know the later Mario Kart, yeah, and just people are just like how like like because those are the those are like the those are the maps where I can actually do like really really really, <laughs> really well and be like heck <laughs> yes my only first place sometimes like <laughs> on these maps.
0: <laughs> so Josh, you started with Cold Steel, and so you started uh-huh. you started with three D. How did you like going back to the like sprites and uh, like isometric view? Honestly, I find it charming.
2: Like there's a sort of charm in like 2D sprites that mm-hmm. I can't really fully explain why I like it. I mean, I like the 3D I like the 3D models, I especially like the 3D models in Cold Steel 3 but you know how um, you know how the feeling that like Pokémon wasn't going to be the same after they transitioned over to 3D models. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: like, there's, like um, there's like an artistic something yeah. in 2D sprites that I like. I just can't explain why.
0: I can definitely agree with you on the, like, the profile, or not profile, the character portraits um, that, that show up in, like, Sky. I feel like those give a little bit more emotion than what we saw in, like, Cold Steel 1 and 2 just from, uh-huh. you can't animate that as well, or they haven't gotten to the point where they can animate it as well?
2: I mean, you can't recreate the Estelle's there in 3D.
0: No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, that, that's the one thing about the, the era of the sprites for Falcom, was the, the greatest amount of expression because they had to use the portraits, mm-hmm. you know, of everybody. Um, and those were so detailed and really great. And um, by the way, I just want to mention this, um, the person who made the character designs for the crossbow arc, he also did some of my favorite um, manga series or anime series ever. Uh, if you guys are familiar with, like, Baccano and Duodadada and stuff, those are also very oh, heavy, like, oh, set in that era. Oh, do you know them, Josh? Nice. Yeah, I've yeah. heard about Durarara. Okay, um, I've been Nice! Ooh, da, da, da. I also really recommend um, Bakano then, too. Uh, it's only 12 episodes. Um, he did those character designs, and it's also kind of set in that setting of Crossbell, of like the whole... Um, it almost feels like kind of like Prohibition era, like United States to me, you know? Of like the big entertainment districts and like the the mob and everything uh so the character like the the portraits and the character design of Crossbow was it was like an instant win for me and I didn't even realize why I liked them so much until one of my very nice artist friends said dude it's you love Baccano so much Dude, it's the same artist who made the character designs. They hired him. And I was just like, "Why didn't I put two and two together?" Um, but yeah, going. Sorry, this is really long. But going back to the sprites, I too am someone who really loves the charm of those sprite kind of things. Uh, it reminds me personally of a lot of the old Harvest Moon games. So it was true. Uh, true. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you know. Uh, so it just Instantly, even from Sky FC, there was just that sense of like nostalgia for me too. Mm-hmm. So it, I didn't mind that it was a slower game and it was like kind of outdated graphics. So I was like, ooh, it reminds me of my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> I was
2: peeved about like the transition between Sky and Crossbow, though, is that you can't rotate the camera in zero and Owl. Oh yeah. I guess it's fine because rotating cameras confused me in Sky, but yeah.
0: I liked rotating it, but that's because I would always rotate it to where I was, like, walking in the same direction uh, every time. Because uh-huh. sometimes you, like, enter a certain street and it would have you walking, like, right to left and you could not ever change that.
1: Oh, okay. I see. You like to make it so that it's kind of like how people play Cold Steel, right? You just make it so that whichever way you're actually facing as a character.
0: Right, yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. But I, I love the the sprites and everything and i actually i didn't play zero like i started cold steel one before oh, i started yeah, zero. i want
2: to talk about that while i'm still here
0: oh yeah go ahead
2: um i remember you like when i was playing cold steel 2 the first time and i was like what what is this advertisement who are lloyd and risha
1: <laughs> and then you were
2: like um oh that's a big spoiler for the crossbow game because you don't find out risha's a fighter until out and i was like oh that sucks and when i play zero like, I think the first two chapters in, you find out that Yin is Risha, and like, Tyler, what were you seeing? We find out so early. Did yeah. you miss that or something? I
0: totally missed it. I don't know what the heck happened, uh, but I totally missed it. And I didn't know until, like, you know, the, in Ow it shows, like, the, I don't know, the, the title. It's not like the trailer, but it's like the little thing that plays at the beginning. Um and I'm like, why does she have an enormous sword? And why is she, like, on top of rooftop? What the heck is happening?
1: <laughs> oh, geez. I, I do remember that. You told me that, too, that you were, like, uh, you were, like, shocked when you finally find, like, when you finally find out. Yeah, the whole like, time. in-game in who who Yin uh, is. And I'm just like, wait, yeah, but... <laughs> Tyler, are
0: you stupid? Um, Were you paying attention?
1: Sorry, like <laughs> Tyler, this was in chapter 2 of 0 at the end of chapter 2.
0: But the funny thing <laughs> is why. they like it's only like this very tiny spot. Like if I I don't know, maybe I was holding down the like like advanced text button and was like reaching to grab something and like I looked away or something, like I have no idea what happened. But they only show it that one time and they never like they never like show yin talking about something and being like oh i'm going to have to perform soon or something yeah. and it was just yeah it, it it definitely was something i missed
1: okay yeah i totally see that's true that that is one of those things where um if you miss the her whole like change like the yin uh, that one very quick, like one second change mm-hmm. in chapter two of zero. Like, you know, like, what if you, uh, you thought, okay, you know, the story is over. Cause that's kind of like the end of the chapter. So, you know, you, you get up to like refill your water, then you come back and you're just like, okay, moving on. And right? Then, yeah, yeah. And then you don't know.
0: <laughs> so it looks like Josh had to step out for a minute. So it looks like it's just going to be lady and I, Uh, For a minute. He might be back, but we're not sure for this episode.
1: Yep. (laughs) Next time. Next time. And hopefully he'll be back.
0: I started playing Cold Steel before I played Zero. Uh. Because that was what was available. You know, like I played the Sky Trilogy. And then the next available was Cold Steel. Um, And Mm -hmm. I started playing Cold Steel. And I don't want to say I hated it. But it was definitely a chore. And so I stopped. And I went and I played Zero. And I was like, oh, this is, like, sky perfected. Um, as far as, like, the engine and, and how stuff looked, I thought. So I really liked that. And that's how I started playing Zero. And I before I eventually, like, I beat Crossbell and then went back to
1: Cold Steel. Nice, yeah. I think that would probably help you if um you don't like one part of the arc, because you know how Cold Steel and, Cold Steel 1 and 2 and Crossbell uh, arc are like basically almost happening side by side. Like, yes, Crossbell is taking place a little bit earlier, but a lot of the events, at least when you get to, like, I know we're not really super focusing on, like, owl for this podcast episode, but it's kind of like everything going on in oh and like Cold Steel one and two, are lined up. So it's like if you're someone who is coming off of like Sky Trilogy and you really loved that, both the sprites and the way the court system worked and the battle and just like I guess the overall storytelling a little bit. Because mm-hmm. um, it's a little bit more nostalgic. It's just like a, it's in a different era of gaming. If that yeah. makes sense, the way it's told. Mm-hmm. So like. Um, that could be probably the better draw for some people, like how, how it, like it it worked for you, that you enjoyed that better. Um, or, you know, some people kind of, you know, they, they got through Sky and it was still great. I, I feel like most people who don't like it at first Sky, they still end up loving it, you know, by mm-hmm. the time they're done with the third. Uh, but, I mean, hey, the thing about Cold Steel is that it's, Very um it has a lot of uh what do you call it influence by a lot of like the persona games and stuff like that and a lot of other more recent JRPGs Mm -hmm. that I can see how that would be more of a draw for other people.
0: Well don't don't get me wrong, I love Mm -hmm. Cold Steel. Um I just had to have something else to encourage me to play it. And I played in a really weird order because I played the Sky Trilogy and then I played zero and then i played cold steel one and then i played out and then i played cold steel two because that's kind of generally how it goes in like oh, the, the timeline yeah. order um, mm-hmm. so i know yeah that's, yeah that's a really different order and josh who isn't here now was like how the heck did you play cold steel one and then not immediately want to play cold steel two
1: <laughs> i see i see what you mean yeah it's, it's definitely also Totally, like such, like personal taste, subjective taste, and that's fine. And and for sure, I also like how you said that at the end of the day, like trails is still trails. Yeah. Like even if you have any one arc that you like favor, don't like, like as in like out of all three of them, it's like your least favorite. Mm-hmm. It's still great. It's, a, it's an amazing right. game yeah. and games an amazing art. Trails is just trails. It's always good.
0: Right. <laughs> I mean, like I've still played Cold Steel one three times, so it's not like I, uh, I don't like it. Uh,
1: clearly you like it a lot.
0: <laughs> I, I do have a question for you though, regarding the translation. Cause we talked a little bit about this a while ago. Um, uh, you have a little bit of Japanese knowledge and I have none whatsoever. Um, and so can you tell me a little bit about how you think the translation affected the personalities of the characters? Because when they were introduced, I kind of was not impressed with any of them. And I think that the translation had a lot to do with that. And you kind of backed that up. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, for sure. I can totally understand how, um, you know, going into a unlocalized fan translation, I think a lot, a lot of like what comes across and maybe like voiceover lines and um, just the fact that it, it can be hard as someone who's just translating because you know a language that doesn't always mean that you're able to translate the personalities across well as in nuances, kind of like how, you know how in Sky Arc and Cold Steel 1 and 2, it's amazing to have Exceed be able to write the kind of, language that agate would say right Mm -hmm. like oh come on don't mess around with me like that kind of thing like that's how you would picture it how he would sound well it's like someone like chloe is very regal very formal but so it's like uh, she has a lot more she's a little bit more reserved and her speech is a lot less you know like what do you call it i don't want to say like agate sounds like a delinquent but (laughs) it's a lot you know, less like that. And you can tell, right? Right. Through the speech, the, the dialogue itself. Mm-hmm. So, or even like, you know, Estelle's little cute wittiness, like it's time for ultra violence, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Like just her smugness and that kind of thing. Like it just, it's so much character in that sense. And so um, I think Zero, the person is translating, I don't blame them for not being able to, but I don't think they were able to capture how like each character sounds different
0: mm-hmm.
1: based on uh, their own personality nuances in the dialogue well because it's all very like you know hard rough uh, translation from Japanese to English and so for me because I know quite a bit of like the nuance of how Japanese different kinds of groups of people talk like the really delinquent kind of ones or because um it's called like common speech or like a uh, casual speech because um Japanese otherwise is a very formal language a okay. very formal uh, society too so it's like unless you know someone very well it's supposed to be that you are um what do you call it that you are very Proper? respectful respectful and polite in okay. your first um that's why there's this whole um, I think it's called kegel in Japanese and it's this whole literal part of the language where you have to learn how to uh, end verbs and end like if uh, pronoun- They're not really pronouns, sorry, in Japanese, but it's the equivalent of pronouns in our language, mm-hmm. um, depending on who, how someone ranks above you. So it's like if your coworker ranks above you, you have to speak to them like they are so. If you're speaking, but if you're the boss, and you're speaking to someone who's lower than you. You don't have to do that, you know. Or it's like someone who's older than you. That's why, um, if you're if you've ever heard the whole like senpai thing yeah. in Japanese, you know how that's kind of like a meme, yeah. Now and like you have to speak to your upperclassmen as if they are truly above you in rank.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay
1: to be polite. So the fact that some characters like Wald or Wazi, they don't do that. They speak totally casual, no matter who you are. So that's why it's like, you know immediately what kind of characters they are, you know? And like, um, oh, they're supposed to be, I know that you can tell too by the delinquent type, but if you know the language a little bit more in that way, you it just adds that character of even more so like, okay, Wazi still speaks, A little bit differently based on how his, um, what he ends sentences with, which is a, which goes back to there's different kinds of casual language in Japanese. Kind of like how Lefter is really carefree, right? Mm -hmm. And Wazi is also very carefree. But the way they end their sentences are different. Because Lefter does the really cute, like blah, 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 nya, like that. And then Wazi does the whole, like yo, or something like that. And so it's just, it's a different groups of delinquent types in Japan use those casual speech. So, sorry, that was like a really kind of (laughs) convoluted, um, like, explanation. I hope it came across enough. But to me, I can understand how someone wouldn't grasp character personalities as well, so then you might not feel it like as attached to them because you don't know the nuance of each one of them.
0: Okay, yeah, I like I, I speak Spanish, and that's I I, don't, I wouldn't understand any of that like the cultural stuff that would go ro- along with Japanese um, at all. So like I actually thought, oh, I, I shouldn't have as much of a, a problem playing zero, even though the translation's rough, because I'm used to just getting like part of a sentence when I'm speaking. Um, and I was wrong. It was still like tough sometimes. And in fact, um, the, one of the things that I thought at the beginning was, uh, specifically, I thought Ellie was a little bit like she was polite, but she was kind of boring because she was so polite all the time. And it seemed like she was being very careful when she talked to everyone. And I thought that, I mean, Tio is a little bit emotionless as what she's supposed to be because of her character in the game but I actually at one point was like man wouldn't it be cool if she was an android because then that would explain why she was so emotionless
1: I think we've talked about this too because I was for me I was kind of just you know toying with that idea at times before like her real reveals were mentioned later on in Zero because it's also kind of like that whole um, in more fantastical media or stuff that sometimes it comes up like oh there's that android character in our party you know yeah Um, and they learn to become more human but yeah um yeah speaking of what you thought about ellie so yeah it's so ellie is like kind of like a perfect example of how you would come across as like a good woman (laughs) in japanese society like you're very respectful you know how to speak to people and I mean, it's also fitting because, like, she's the daughter of like the mayor, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, it so makes sense. So she probably knows how to talk to like higher up people and politicians and stuff. But yeah, so in Ellie's case, it was kind of um, if you're familiar with that kind of person or what society expects, Japanese society expects, um, she would be like that that kind of like stereotype kind of person. Like, oh, okay. Uh, She starts off as someone who, um, she's just, she's trying to demonstrate how one is supposed to act in society correctly, kind of thing. Because even though Japanese media, they try to set characters and things in different settings, it's still going to seep across parts of their culture into them writing the characters, because that's all they've known, they've Mm -hmm. grown up in that society, they've grown up in that culture.
0: So regarding the the setting of the game, everything is kind of just, uh, you have all these different locations of a single city as opposed to going across the country and going to different cities. Uh, How did you like that when you were first playing Crossbell?
1: Um, Yeah, I personally really kind of liked the idea of that. And then it definitely, for sure, I appreciated it even more as the game went on. But I do like how you're just, confined in like just one big city. And then there are still the little outerlying areas like the, the hospital and the villages. And I guess the gates too, the Tangram and Belgates, Belgard gates. But other than that, you're just in one big city. And um, to me, it also felt kind of fitting knowing that um, in the crossbar too, and in zero, especially, you're going around with your four special support section members the entire time. Like, they never leave you. So in the same way, you're, like, never truly leaving the city of Crossville. So it just feels kind of really cozy in its own way, even though the city's supposed to be huge, you know, urban and huge, and most people don't think about cozy when they think about the city. But to me, it was just like, wow, you've really come to really get to know just this one singular autonomous state and why the city is so important to them. Because they always bring it up, like Crossbell City, we need to protect Crossbell and Crossbell City. Um, Because, yeah, it's just a different look into um, the whole like bracer, you know, like the bracer thing um, in Sky where you're just traversing the entire Liberolian nation and which is fun too, and the same thing with Cold Steel, where you're just traversing the humongous Erebonian empire, so um, yeah, I think it just worked a lot, in my opinion, and personally, I also just like the setting of that whole, to me, that prohibition era, like United States, like the, like kind of like the roaring 20s kind of time too, like after that, so it's like, Kind of like the early 1900s is the feeling I got from Crossbow.
0: Yeah, I totally see what you mean. I liked the location and the settings. Uh, I don't think I thought about it too much. I think it was just, oh, new game, new setting. Apologies for the abrupt end to this episode. Uh, Due to various things, we had to cut it a little bit short, but it'll serve as a good intro to our first Zero no Kiseki episode and Crossbell as a whole. If you'd like to follow our guest Lady Virgilia, you can find her on YouTube at Lady Virgilia or on Twitter at Virgilia Lady. You can find Josh on Tumblr at Crow Armbrusts, and you can find myself on Tumblr at Trails in the Sky.